and we are back for the big six zero of Stream of Thought. And we start off uh, the first half hour of this podcast. <laughs> I don't think it's the first half no, hour. No, it's, it's probably a good 20 minutes, though. We talk about some, some dumb shit that's actually pretty funny. Shit. But we spend Anywhere very little from, time on it. We, we do. We sort of hop around. We talk about... An appropriate, oh my God. Appro- an appropriate amount of time was spent on this dumb stuff. You're being way too generous with appropriate. Okay. But anyway, we talk about headphones. We talk about Victor's clothes. We talk about um, just other random stuff that comes along. But then... Things start to get interesting around, what, the 25-minute mark? I don't, know. I, don't I don't know. I don't really know. But we start talking about uh, the Me Too movement and the instance of Aziz Ansari and where the line is sort of drawn in this and our sort of gut reactions, our initial reactions, and where we end up in the dialogue. In addition to not only analyzing things from your perspective, but taking the time to think of other people and how they might interpret information. Yeah, and that feeds into, I think, the conversation that we sort of end on, which is a very both introspective and interpersonal assessment of, I think, how we sort of see the world and our relationship with other people, and unfortunately how other, most other yes. white men It was enjoyable. Are. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Very interesting. Surprising. Easy, easy to digest. Yeah. Yes, and quite edible for the mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just listen. Episode number 60, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. We can, we can continue this conversation, because I actually have something else that's sort of peculiar okay, about continue, my own, continue. My own I'll particular... Bring up a few things that are on my mind. Oh, really? Yeah. Just little things. Okay. Yeah. Little nothing things, like Seinfeld-like things that are completely meaningless and have absolutely zero value to anything, but are things that are on my mind. Oh, I love those. Um, But, oh, yeah, along the lines of just the hyperhidrosis things, is that uh, realizing that you're, for me, having, what, I have ADD, I think. Yeah, ADD. What? Yeah, no, I, you don't. Yes, I absolutely do. I never knew this. Yes. So it's very interesting because... Do you take introverts for it? Intro, no, I don't take anything for it. Introverts and extroverts work very differently in how their ADD manifests itself, right? So for someone like Ray, who says that he has ADD in his own way, and I believe it because he's the kind of guy who, in order to sort of be fluent in his thoughts. He has to be doing multiple things. Like he always has to be sort of in motion. Mm-hmm. Like he, that's where he, he functions the best is when he has many things sort of going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has to constantly be, you know, right. doing that for me. Like you're telling one of your boring ass stories <laughs> and I've just had three or four <laughs> conversations with myself in my head while you've been talking. <laughs> like, I'm still sort of, like, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm pro- but, but you, you say something that sort of sparks a thought in my head, and I, I go down that rabbit hole, and I start having a conversation with myself in the back of my mind, so it's like this dual process. Mm-hmm. And so I have all these sort of thoughts going on. It's kind of, it's, it's a jumble, really, it is. And for the longest time, especially trying to, to you know, learning... Going to going to seminary and, and grad school and all that and learning how to be academic was one thing, but trying to translate that and translate all these different things that are going on in my head because I, I take concepts from everything. Like, I'm a very conceptual person, mm-hmm. so I operate on many different levels when I have a conversation. I try to, like, 
you know, sort of, yeah, process things in a macro perspective and not not lose sight of, you know, tangents and things mm-hmm. like that. So just trying to trying to harness that and at times when I start to talk like this I feel like I, I'm rambling a little bit just because my mind's sort of all <laughs> over the place but I think that that's kind of just as as sort of a blunt and accurate picture of how my mind operates is that what I just described right there I don't know <laughs> Do, like I like it's so funny that you said it's that. It's interesting because, because when when I'm thinking about it and talking about it, right? About there's thirty all these seconds ago, I thought to myself, "Where is this? Where is this conversation going?" What's yeah, it? no particular direction. But, <laughs> but again, that's kind of that without having any sort of end goal in mind and just wanting to like talk about this. It that's sort of where my mind goes without any sort of like set goal. I sort of just wander all over the place. I can't wait for you. It's to, very interesting. I can't wait for you to. Listen to what you just said right now when we put this up. This is going to be really funny for you and me. Okay, we'll we'll just delete it. <laughs> so we can the delete. thing that's been that just happened to me. So you know these headphones that I have, Apple headphones. They're from the I don't know from the four generation. They're the old ass ones. And yep, can you grab that right there by your foot? Oh my god, dude, your thing's falling. So this thing. So as you can see, the the part that has the metal mesh. When I take it out of my ear, it sticks in my ear, and then I can see the inside of the headphone. And yeah. it's like, what the hell? And you can see down here, like, this, this, I can see the, oh the tiny little cables You're kidding me. underneath the rubber where the two How? ends meet and in, form into one. Does that still work? These still, yes, it does. What I'm getting at is, and it's kind of become a pain in the ass with this stupid little thing getting stuck in my ear when I take the headphones out sometimes, you know? And um, I have a brand new pair of earbuds at my house that someone never used. They're still in the plastic uh, case, and I'm afraid to take them out because they're brand new and I don't want to ruin them. But it would make my life so much better if I just started using them. But I, but I, (laughs) but I want to use these things until they don't work. Like I enjoy using things until they. Until their purpose cannot be... Uh, oh, snip. No, oh, no, don't I'm do kidding, that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So, I mean, dude, like, there are very simple solutions to those problems, right? So, which is the one that comes off? It's this, I don't know. The one that doesn't have the okay. speaker. Okay, yeah. So, okay, two, two things. Two things. One, just a little bit of super glue, right? I know. Just a little bit of super glue. Do you have super glue? Yeah. I have some super glue I you can use if you don't have Secondly... This exposed wire, fix that immediately. Here, move this. No, 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 no. Move that little electrical tape, piece of electrical tape. I have some electrical tape. If you don't have any, just wrap it around there. It'll protect it. Okay. It'll make sure that nothing, because as the wire is exposed right now, and so literally, even if it rubs up against something, and it's gonna, it's gonna rub because it's exposed now, and it's gonna fray. The wire is eventually gonna fray, and you're going to lose that connection. If you want to preserve it. Because you can make that thing last another couple of years if you take care of it. So cover you know be really cover cool up the exposed if I took, wire. If I took if I took the rubber off and I just had exposed wire, that would look cool. Because these wires are different colors in here: you red, not, gold, green. Do not want to do. That. They look cool. I know they look cool. What? They're just Apple headphones. It's not like I'm wearing, uh, you know. Yeah, but if you want, I mean, if you want to like, make it last, dude, you're. 
Yeah, I'm over this. I figure I'm just gonna use the new ones. I'm done with this. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> what? No, yeah, moving dude, on. I really think that you should stick with. Okay, well, I'm tired of our. I'm our, I'm already tired of talking about. Uh, do that. you have a little ADD going on right now? I'm a little. I don't know. I'm a little, I'm worried, about, I'm because, a little worried. You seem uh, agitated. I don't know. Uh, are you, are I get easily distracted with stuff. But so I do want to talk about this outfit that I'm wearing. I came from work. Okay, let me give, let me give you a look. Yeah. <laughs> so I came home from work, I, right? I don't even know how to begin describing what you're wearing right now. So can we just can we just paint a picture? I'll let so you. You're, <laughs> so, like so we'll start from. I look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> so we'll start from the top down. So so he's got he's got a pea, he's got a gray pea coat on. And under his gray pea coat is a is a Lowe's is a Lowe's t-shirt. What a, color a, is the another t-shirt? a gray t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> complemented <laughs> by gray khakis and black socks and flip-flops. So <laughs> right now I I don't even know what this look could and be categorized. It's January as. and it's 30 degrees outside. And, and it's 30 degrees out right now. Let me explain and a gray you how low I, shirt. Me, I think that just really ties me, ties the whole ex- thing together. Let me explain to you how this happened. Right? <laughs> First thing I'm going to do is take the jacket off. Oh, okay. It's getting a little warm. Now you look like a painter. I know. So this. Let me explain to you how this happened. So the pea coat. As I can wrap this around. Uh, the pea coat is my go-to jacket when it's cold out. It's gray. All right. Right. Whatever. That's normal. I was at work. Now I have this this is my undershirt, okay? And when I get I got home today because I was working and then we we're gonna we're recording now. So what do I do? The first thing I do, I get home, I take off my shirt, and I have very little time. So I'm just like I'm not gonna change. You know, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and go to the gym, I'll just wear this t shirt to the gym. It's not like I'm I don't have the hyper whatever you have, so like I didn't even <laughs> sweat at all today. Oh, so this is a perfectly good t shirt to continue wearing. The gray pants, I these aren't my first choice because the other pants that I had got really fucked up and there were holes all over them. And so then I wore my other pants that are like this but a different color and the cleaners fucked them up with the stupid-ass clown stitching that they put on them. Put on them. Oh, that's So right. now I have to yeah. wear these because you can't wear jeans. And I, again, like I came from work, I wasn't just going to change pants. I just didn't feel like it. And I took my shoes off and I didn't feel like putting them back on because lately, for whatever reason, they're just become a little more difficult to slip on and off. And the sandals, in their very nature, you slip them on and slip them off. And it wasn't so cold that I had to wear boots, so I just decided to keep the flip-flops. Cool. And that's how I got to where I am right now. Good story. Tell it again. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, speaking of stories, you hear about the parents that are going on trial for holding their 13 children captive. Dude, I've heard bits and pieces of it. It's not something that I've, like, really died. I'm, I don't really care for those stories. That they're no, really, they're interesting. They're, I'm yeah, not going to spend my days you know what, learning though? about every unveiling detail. But okay, but you probably have a better sense of the picture. Like, what's going on? Because I, I as I understand it... Two parents, 13 children. Dude, the dad has such an awful haircut. I, yeah, I saw their mugshots. It's such an ugly-ass haircut. 
I just, they, I mean, people have been describing it as as shocking and horrifying. I mean, that's like, how that's everything in the news. But they like chained adult children to the walls. Eight, they're between the ages of two and twenty nine. Yeah, and some of them are so have no are, like. Uh, I read that some of them have no concept of just like society that like they don't even oh. know what like the simplest things are. Wow. Um. But I read that the they're all like super malnourished. The yeah. one that I read the the seventeen year old that escaped looks like she's ten, and another one looks way younger than they actually are, and a few other things. But I mean, I'm not gonna like I said like pay attention to this. Yeah, every it's, single it day. is fascinating in the sense that like that's something from a TV show, right? That's right, something like Criminal right, Minds right, would do right, for sure. And the fact that it happened in real life, and the fact that it happened for so long. I mean, right in a in a neighborhood, apparently. Yeah, look at this guy's haircut. Oh man, the it's woolly mammoth so has come terrible. to life. It yeah. looks like he's from the seventies. Almost. Do you think that they John deserve- Denver okay. haircut? Let me ask you: Do you think they deserve the death penalty? Um. Okay, I'm gonna say no because I'm not one for. Believing that someone should be sentenced to death. What if, what if someone raped and killed it's your sister? It's more of a punishment to be. Well, they'll co- put it in personal context. What a, if somebody did it to your family? It's member? more of a like, punishment. It's more of a okay. What well, death isn't going to fix what happened, and it's more of a punishment to be alive and confined than it would be to just be dead. So you think, in a personal instance, you'd be I okay can't letting it that. go? I'm not, think so. No, I didn't say I mean, letting it go. But check this out. If convicted, they each face a potential sentence of about 94 years to life in prison. Yeah. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those who also agrees that life is if, sacred. You can't undo taking someone's life, right? And the, the death penalty is also proven to uh, – there have been instances where there have been innocent people who have been put to death. So, you know, if it's, a, if it's even – 99% accurate, there's still one, a 1% chance that an innocent person could die. I'm opposed to that. But, I mean, in an instance like this, like... If you put someone to I death, mean, you're kind of doing them a favor because then you go back and you're in the... Uh, back to the universe you go and you get to learn all the secrets. But it's like the ultimate mysteries. penalty, right? I mean, it's something that... Yeah, for, for something that is so horrifyingly depraved as something that makes the front page news as that... I mean, you'd think about considering it. I think the death. I think it stems from not so much penalizing the individual, rather than appeasing the masses. Because think of think of how it would have been done. Think of how it it was done for hundreds of thousands, or not hundreds of thousands, but for hundreds to thousands of years. It's a public thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, look at Texas, dude. Like, how many executions do they carry? Yeah, out they're every fucking year? crazy. They they. Love killing people. I know. So, I mean, wh- you do have states in the country that still embrace the death penalty, right? It's yeah. not It's not like we're all out of the dark ages. No, not at all. But it's hard, man. Because, I mean, you think, about, you think about someone like Osama bin Laden, for example. Like, if he hadn't been killed, you know, on the spot, would we have, you know, executed him? I'm absolutely sure of it, you know? Yeah. Would you have agreed with that? 
like I said before in my previous statement. So I'm you you maintain e- even I'm even in these sort of extreme extreme concepts. Okay, all right, that's interesting. Yeah, life is sacred, though. Yeah, and people, I mean, and two wrongs don't make a right. Yes, that is one hundred percent correct. You know, if life is sacred, like taking someone else's life by its nature is wrong. Yeah, it doesn't two matter. Don't make a right. You know? Yep, that pretty much sums it up. Good way of thinking. I was because we could have gone down a rabbit hole, but like, nope, that pretty much um, sums it up. Like I said. So, question: Have you ever seen the movie Fury? Brad it Pitt, does, Shia LaBeouf, uh, John Bert, I think Berthnall, uh the actor who played Shane in uh, Walking Dead. Oh, it does not sound. It's this it, World War Two movie. And I watched it again last night for okay. the first time in a long time. Fucking awesome movie. Do you like period pieces? I do. And here's where I'm going with that. Because it's World War II. Did you ever, have you watched or read the book Man in the High Castle? I watched half of the first season of it. And you stopped liking it and you thought it was stupid so you stopped watching? It just didn't engage my attention. There, really? It was not, I'm not a huge period piece person okay. though like that's because i thought the concept was fascinating like oh, wow yes. this is so cool i agree the concept and the reason i asked yeah. is because i believe today they released the third season on amazon amazon prime it's an amazon okay. show yeah yeah um and the movie fury reminded me of world war ii and that reminded me of like the concept of like what if the nazis won the war and then like the <laughs> but dude it's really awesome it's it's a fascinating concept right because what happens i don't know you probably didn't get to it but the Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the first season. At the end of the first season, the final episode, you see the old man go to another dimension. Are you just jumping without any sort of context to the show whatsoever? Basically, it's post-World War II, and the U.S. is... <laughs> the U.S. has post, lost the war. It's post-World World War II. The Nazis in, in Japan have won. Japanese So have, the entire... The U.S. has the, lost. The United States is divided in half, so... The Rocky Mountain Range is neutral territory. The West Coast is uh, Japanese territory, and the rest of the country uh, belongs to the Nazis. And so the show, as it goes on, and gives, this- gives both the Japanese, like, the colonized Japanese America and the German yes. America. It goes back and forth and between, and forth uh, between San Francisco and, and, I think, New York City. New York, yeah. And then the neutral zone in the Rocky Mountains, like yes. Denver and all that yeah. area. And really the, cool concept. The concept is... Yeah, they, like, and this takes place in the 60s. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, too, in this show, by the time they get to the 60s, there are so many more technological advancements in the 60s than by the time that there were in real life, or at least in this dimension kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because you see in the 60s they have... um, I think, like, in the early 60s, they had already gone to the moon. Do You see a glimpse of, like, one of the cities, and it looks super futuristic. Like, weird stuff because of the way the German culture is and engineering and everything. You know mm, what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway, there's these, like, mysterious huh. films, that, and uh, there's, like, spies going back and forth. And there's rumor that there's films of um, showing that the Americans won the war. And at the end of the episode, or end of the season of... Season one, the final episode, you see the old man, this old man who's part of the main characters, goes to goes transports himself to this other dimension 
where it's the same time period, but in quote unquote reality, that's the sixties when after the Americans, 20 years after the Americans and actually won. Mm -hmm. So as the season two continues, now the audience member knows that this is still a spoiler alert, that there are these dual, there are are these dimensions dimensions. living on top of each other. Yeah. It's really cool. I I mean, you totally just spoil it for me. So thanks man. But yeah, no, I was going to watch it at some point. No, 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 it's still good. You can still watch it. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. I didn't, I mean, it's not so much just the details as it is. It's not the end result. It's the journey that counts. (laughs) It's the journey that counts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really cool concept. I love alternative reality stuff. I mean, period pieces, it's weird because I'm not a fan of period pieces, but I do like alternative realities. Oh, you would love, uh, there's a new show I saw that's coming out on Stars. I think, called Counterpart. With J.K. Simmons, where um, it's the same thing. They're, the promo they're playing, where he's like, "Don't freak out," and they unveil the this thing over this guy's head, and it's himself. And there's two dimensions that are living within one another, and the characters have the same history growing up and everything. But at some point in their lives, something changed, and so they become two completely. There's these people that are totally different, but they're the same person huh interesting so that would be pretty cool to watch yeah see and i'm always it's tough too because i love sci-fi and alternate reality i feel i feel so selective when it comes to the stuff that i watch i like i really try to narrow the things that i watch to i was only the best of the best because cream of the crop caught a little bit of forrest gump on tv and you would still love that movie well, you would love Forrest Gump. We'll have to watch it sometime. I've seen it I'm, enough times. You can watch it. I'm not going to watch Why? it on my own. I have no desire to. All right, fine. <laughs> Whatever. So, uh, a question. Have you heard, because I feel like this is worth just at least a brief conversation. Yes. Uh, Aziz Ansari. Yes, I know who that is. Have you heard why he has been in the news lately? I have not. Oh, he w- Okay, so... He was caught up in the Me Too movement, and his instance was, it was a woman, uh, her name I think was Grace, and she recently revealed that she had a, uh, in, uh, a very negative, what she considered to be the worst night of her life uh, with Aziz Ansari, and, you know, it, I, I'm trying to do the, you know be as accurate as i can mm-hmm. when describing both perspectives but it basically comes down to she was saying that after the night was done they went to the room they were doing stuff together she was not into it and was giving him nonverbal cues and she said that when she said no he said okay and ended it there and didn't pursue it anymore but she had said she had been so traumatized by the fact that he had not picked up on her nonverbal cues that she was not enjoying the encounter that it really scarred her going forward as such a horrible experience that she felt like she had to do the hashtag me too as well. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, what are my thoughts? Or what are my thoughts that I questions. wish? What are my thoughts that I wish to make public? 
No, here's what. Here's my. Here's my first. I'll well, be, the, the my, reason. The reason. Let me be completely, me be completely the, honest. Yes. Here's my first. My first thought. Your man thought. What's my, what's coming out of your man head right thought. now? Why didn't she just say no or stop? Why didn't she give a verbal cue sooner? I'm not saying that he. Can I, I'm not saying that she is at fault. I'm not no, saying no, no, that he can was, I give the, he's correct. Can I give the response to yes. that? That that has been argued because that that has been the number one question that is asked, and the response by a lot of feminist, a, a certain segment of feminists, has been, um, it is difficult when there is somebody who is in a higher, a male who is in a higher position of power, in a sexual relationship when things have already started to evolve and she's like well i don't want this to go any further for her to say no i think is it the power dynamic makes it difficult for a person in her position to say no is what the response what they respond whether you think it's a legitimate or not response i mean that's another story but that's sort of like the counter to that number one question because that's what everyone sort of asks is like well Right. I mean, she has autonomy, right? Like, she's a human being, like a thinking, thinking, acting human being. Mm. And it's interesting because your response actually aligns with another segment of feminist who, and I, I was listening to a podcast that was describing this earlier, so it's fresh in my mind, but another segment of feminists who say, by her sort of saying that he should be reading her nonverbal cues kind of thing, it, it, makes her like this helpless victim of like she has no authority or or power and like that's what they promote is women voicing you know their their concerns or what and and saying like i'm being clear about what my boundaries and parameters are what i feel comfortable and what i don't feel comfortable it it is like it's it's a it's, it's like this liberation concept of women have just as much authority in a or should have just as much authority in a relationship as a man and and as such like a verbal like say no before you say read my verbal cues mm-hmm. is the better way to go so it's interesting yeah and i want to just reiterate in case uh this comes back to me in 15 years you know or something at stupid your next like, job interview yeah no something stupid like that <laughs> um that that was a question out of curiosity, not out of defense for Aziz Ansari or for anyone else. Yeah, no, I don't and fucking know how. No one knows how women think, except for women. I don't even think women know how women think. Yeah, and so it's weird because you have <laughs> like it's. I, I feel like this is one of. I'll those say this instances. though. I'll yeah. say this. You could totally pick up nonverbal cues very easily. It's one of those things that you pick up. You can pick those up without really putting an effort into trying to pick them up. Like, you can tell just, if a woman is having a good time yes. with you and, like, is yeah. is is going where you're going, right? Yes. Like, if you guys are mutually on the same page, you know, the right? Idea it's not also, that hard. The, the idea, not that, not saying that Aziz Ansari did this, but just in general with the whole movement and everything, the idea that a person, man or woman... Or both uh, with 2018, so who knows? Um, I say that with respect. That anybody forcing themselves on someone else is so foreign to me and blows my fucking mind. Doesn't that it? That anybody yeah. could even do that. Yeah. I think 
for even like even me, somebody who has been exposed to like domestic abuse and stuff like that, uh-huh. I never realized. I don't think I grasped the magnitude of just how pervasive it is in our culture. Where yeah, most men, most men, I think operate in a way that is just totally foreign to us. I could never imagine coercing a sexual encounter with somebody like yeah. that just feels so wrong. Like it, I, w- I wouldn't be into it if I, you know, if there wasn't that mutuality, I, I feel like you're the same way. Yeah. And to discover that there's such a large and working, let me tell you, man, working in the blue collar world these past couple of years, I see it like I'm a little less shocked to, because I'm, I've been exposed to the sexism, the racism, like there are some men out there that hate women in a way that I didn't think like that I thought was just like, cable news gossip kind of yeah. thing like men hating women but i've met some i've met some men who are like hate women like think that they are subhuman kind of really in the blue collar world and i'm just like and no one bats an eye no one no one corrects them no one no one says that they're wrong they're sort of like Dude, the silent complicity you got to check out the movie uh check out the movie north country with charlie's theron she was I'm pretty sure. I believe she was nominated for an Academy Award. I heard. Of, I heard. She about didn't that win. North she, win she won the 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 following. No, it was like two years. A two year difference. I think she was nom. She was nominated, but she didn't win. Charlize Theron. Um, shit, I can't remember the other actor. Uh, the one that's in the Avengers movie, uh, wears like a black suit. Uh, he oh. was Jason Bourne for one. Of, not Jason Bourne. He was in the one of the Bourne movies, but didn't play that character. Oh, fucking what's his name? He was in... Uh, it'll come back to me. All right. Um, Not but that movie is based on a true story where Shirley Staring goes... For some reason, she has to work in, like, the coal mines or something like that. Or not coal mines. Some type of super blue-collar job in, you know, middle of nowhere, some yeah. state. And just the insane amount of pressure that she and a few other women, like a hand, like three other women or four other women... And the amount of just, like, sexual abuse they take and verbal abuse they take from a male-dominated environment. And there's, like, one person, one man that works there that is, like, on her side that, Mm -hmm. you know. But this was a time in an area where you couldn't even report sexual misconduct to HR because... HR would just be whatever, you know, and and so there was no way for them to kind of voice what was happening. And somehow I can't remember something went out where something changed and it was like a, a cataclysmic effect, I think. But it's an awesome movie. It's fucking great. It's so amazing. You know what I realized in this moment? What? You're so innocent. Me? Yes. Why? You are still so innocent. Why? I I feel like just listening to have you have you ever had a relationship with somebody who like perpetually says racist, sexist, homophobic stuff like on a regular basis like in like just in casual conversation. Like be exposed to that on a regular basis? Of just you you know someone whether an acquaintance or you work with somebody yeah. or like like where yeah. they it's you know they throw out the casual yes. racial yes, slur yes, or yes, things yes, like yes. that. Like what so when you hear that what is your like what goes through your mind when like they say that n word or something like that? Like, I think to myself I first like, do they ever say it in a conversation with you, or do you just overhear No, it? no, no. It's in a conversation with me. Okay. And I think to myself, like, do you hear yourself right now? 
and I think, and I, I think, I've constantly thought, what is it about this person's experience, life experience, that drives them to think this way? Interesting. Because the person that I'm thinking of is the brother of somebody that you and I both know. So, you know, people living in the same house, you know, and this person is one way and this person is another. And I'm just thinking, what, I mean, growing up in the same area, living in the same house, growing up in the same area, going to the same schools, not like very many years apart from each other at all. And I'm just like, how, like what, I'm just trying to, I've tried to figure it out a few times and I just can't think as to what drives this person's thought process. Do you ever feel like a, like a guilt for not correcting them or like any sort of, you know, obligation to say that's, I, or is it just not that big of a deal? It's just like something that doesn't really affect you. So it's like, cause I mean, I, I'm sure somebody's used a Mexican slur. No, because, like no, that. because I have not felt guilty or the need to correct because I know it's just, I know it's out of ignorance and I'm, and, okay. and it, it, it's been, so it doesn't, it's been it, in places like inside of like this person's home. So I'm not going to overstep that boundary where I'm in somebody else's, um, but so you don't, you don't internalize it. You don't take it personally. It's not, not you're you're not like, Oh, they're direct. It's just like they, they, they lack a certain interest. No, because when you choose to be, okay. So first of all, offense, when somebody gets offended at something, Mm. whether they real, they don't realize it, they are choosing to be offended. You're making the choice to be offended when you don't have to be. And here's why. Because when people say something, if I say to you, Ricks, you're stupid, you're an idiot, and you're not smart. You know, those are very small, minute things compared to what people, other people endure that aren't, you know, straight white males, for example. You know, mm-hmm. someone says something like, I'm, you're stupid. You have two choices. You can say... You know, you can be a, you can be offended and be like, well, why would you say that to me? How can you say that? I'm not stupid. You're stupid or whatever. You can be offended at it. But by being offended, you are you are taking what I am saying and choosing to believe that to be true. But if I say you're stupid, you're dumb and you don't know anything and you say to yourself, well, that's not that's not true. And leave it at that. Then you're just then you're almost you're almost taking the position. Okay, just what else do you have? Because that's not true. So what else do you need to get off your chest or say? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. So I think there's there's two things that I want to try like try and pick apart. What you said makes makes absolute sense, and I feel like that is a totally legitimate and standard way of of going about the issue. Right. Think about in 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 regards to not taking it taking offense to people's comments towards you. Let's, let's ratchet up the emotional like intensity mm-hmm. from a personal perspective. Say, God forbid, like <laughs> your mom dies, mm-hmm. right? And that very day someone comes up to you and makes like a fuck your mom joke kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like imagine, like just try to envision like the emotional just anger and rage that, 
it's involuntary. It's not like you, right? Mm-hmm. It's not who you are. But in that moment and in that circumstance, it's been elevated to this, like, like you don't know how you'd react, but it right. probably wouldn't be in a very nice or right. diplomatic way right. or reason, like, in a way that, that you can do no, when you talk I about agree. race. And so I, take that um, level of emotional, like, intensity, and then let's move to the next step, which is, like, yeah, people – in in your or my instance where we've grown up in loving households where it's like you can do anything like you you are a good person like you know you're you have things to offer the world right like we grew up in that environment we grew up in a very loving and affirming environment now most people and i'm coming to learn this most people do not grow up in that sort of sort of environment we're the anomalies and so i've been discovering how you know in talking with people it's just it's weird to see the reaction when trying to describe that sort of like like, yeah, I feel internal worth. Like, I feel happy with myself. Like, I love myself in, in a deep and meaningful way because I know I am loved by people around me. Yeah. Most people don't have that experience. So you you have that, like, emotional rawness, and then you have that lack of grounding of, like, they're, they're just missing that love and support. So when people say you're worthless, you're worthless, or you're worthless, like, if that's what the, they've been told since childhood, they react like that. They, they, they internalize that and say, yeah. You know what? Maybe I am. But then they also have that, like, super intense raw emotion level, like your mom dying and someone mm-hmm. making a joke about it. Like, you fuse those together with that sort of in- internal self-loathing like as well as this anger towards the world. And people who poke, I mean, people who poke those type of individuals tend to, you know, get a pretty angry response, right? And for jokesters, right, like internet meme people, like mm-hmm. they love doing that. They love seeing people's reactions like that. But I think a lot of people don't take into account how much hurt and pain that, that there is by those people who who are reacting, right? They're reacting in such like a intense way. Well, could you argue that, let's say, for example, if someone, so if someone is like that and something happens, someone says something or does something that maybe makes him scream at them or just punch someone in the face, that maybe what was said to them or what was done to them was the spark, but that deep down they're necessarily reacting to what was said to them, but their own internal confusion or or instability yeah i think that unfortunately most people are pretty unstable so you know i think that there there is a lack of personal responsibility when it comes to people's i think most people should be able to brush off like what people say to them right yeah i think that that's that's an appropriate and mature response for a human being to have and but you know i also acknowledge human nature and right you know there are times. There are times when I I've lost my cool. Sometimes like, though, I've, you I've just totally gotta have a healthy. You just gotta have a nice healthy meltdown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you everyone has just, a meltdown. You can't just bottle you know? things up. If you need to scream at someone, or but I think too, you also have to take into account. You have to earn the meltdown. You yeah. have to like prove yourself as like a good and capable person who doesn't melt down every other day. Yes, correct. Like you have to be you. It ha- you know, you it has could, to be a warranted meltdown. It has to be a warranted meltdown because everyone has that where something unexpected happens and emotions just get out of hand. Like even the calmest – I've seen even the calmest, most serene people in the world 
freaking lose that, it at seminary, man. I lost man. my cool a few times. And you think, I'll be honest. And I, I could not envision what you losing your cool would look like. But I mean, you know, that is okay in instances like that. Like, the fact that I've never seen you melt down before is, yeah. like, awesome, right? I mean, it shows that that's not something that's Well, it's funny because when you have a occurrence. meltdown and it's done and all of that anguish is released, you're like, whoa, Victor, what was that about? Yeah. <laughs> you got Take it down a notch. <laughs> Dude, but some people live on that on, like, a daily basis, and that's why it's just – it's so exhausting to follow, like, the Twitter sphere or social media, which is why I tend to remove myself from it. It's, like, just constantly amped at 10, 10 – yeah. 10, uh, the level 10 of rage beater. Yeah. It's like, ah, everyone's always at that level of freak out. Yes. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't handle this. This is way too intense. Like, no wonder depression it is takes Because highs. it takes effort. So, for example, it, when – Okay, you. The, one of the key words you said was emotion, right? Yeah. Earlier, it takes. You know, character is tested when you're able to allow, or when you are able to have your emotion under control. When you're able to control your emotions and not let your emotions dictate your actions. Yes. Uh, the best. The best advice that I got, which is I- important, it's, it's you can just like the ebb and flow in, of life, real quick. Yes. Like you know. A, a tree planted in the ground and, a, and there's a huge storm going on, the branches and and it moves with the wind and with the storm, but it's still rooted deep into the ground. So it's still going to stay there. You know what I'm saying? So it's important to allow yourself to feel these emotions, but feel them in a healthy way that doesn't, you know, leave someone with a broken <laughs> broken nose or something like that. Oh. What are you going to ask? What a, what, a, what a poetic visual imagery that you just painted for us right there. Yeah. That's very nice. I was, I mean, I was going to approach it from a much more clinical perspective. Okay, go ahead. Well, when I was working as a chaplain. Dr. Thorsell. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> I was a chaplain intern, New York Presbyterian Hospital. Um, Rabbi Molly Cantor was our supervisor. Probably one of the most insightful people that I have ever known in sort of the pastoral role. And she was responsible for leading our group reflection. So we'd visit with patients, we'd write verbatims, which is writing down everything that happened from the moment we walked into the moment we left, including like where we sat, what our posture was, what our emotional state was, how we perceived the patient to be responding. So everything that was involved in the room. And then we would, we would read out loud that verbatim in our, in our small group, right. And be able to process that, like what was going on in that interaction. And she had such a like reasonable and rational way of approaching human emotion. And for her, her goal was as a chaplain, not just to be aware of what the other person's emotion was. That was important, right? The person who we're dealing with, like being aware of their emotion is important. And a lot of times we can sort of sense that, right? People who have good intuition Mm -hmm. can be like, oh, this person's frustrated. This person's distracted, blah, 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 blah. Like we got to read on the other person and that informs our interaction. The harder part is recognizing what's going on inside of us. You know, if we, if like we were visiting a patient who was like dying or something like that, and this was, it was this older elderly woman, for example, Mm -hmm. And it's it's like we suddenly felt a swell of emotion, or I suddenly felt a swell of emotion, and it was difficult for me to handle that that situation. You know, it wasn't just the encounter itself. It's like, oh, well, you know, watching my grandmother die, you know, when mm-hmm. I was growing up, likely had some sort of impact in the way that my, you know, interaction with her was affecting my ability to be a chaplain as well. So, like, 
just full awareness, I think, is sort of the clinical pursuit of, like, yes. you know, interpersonal relationships is being both aware of the environment and the other person, but also yourself, right? And just being sort of fully aware of what's going on. Because I think that that makes for the most engaging and interesting interactions Agreed. with people. For sure. I, um, I don't have anything else, do you? We can wrap it. I thought it was very insightful. But <laughs> I like how I'm very surprised at where the conversation <laughs> takes us. It really is I was like, you're, you were uh, just kind of navigating the waters of consciousness, stream of thought, which is why it's called that. And then all of a sudden we're like talking about emotion and actions and all this other stuff. I was like, oh, I, I'm, I dig this. I'm about this. I like that. I like these these deeper conversations. I feel yes. like the first the first but half you gotta, hour you got to riff through some bullshit before. You know what? And, and we can give a little disclaimer <laughs> at the beginning. What's with these headphones? I know. <laughs> uh, so I'm bored of this. Uh, let's talk about what I'm looking like. Yeah. Oh, look at my dress. I'm wearing gray. Gray, 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 gray. <laughs> and let me tell you the story about why I'm wearing but each you know article what, of clothing. Though? Well, I'm wearing my jacket because it's my jacket. I, and I'm wearing my shirt I, because it's my shirt. <laughs> and I'm wearing my pants because I came from work. And I'm wearing the flip-flops because uh, you put them on and they're just flip-flops that you put and on. And I was thinking when I was saying all that, I was thinking to myself, oh, this is what Rick's is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's that self-awareness, right? It's being omnipresent <laughs> aware throughout the whole conversation. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that we verbalized that. Yeah. That, that. <laughs> I'm glad we're on this the same really page funny. there. Cool. Oh. Alrighty. Cool. Well, All right. until next time. Until next time. <laughs>